everyone, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live Podcast, where we bring you the art and business of flowers. Stay tuned. Welcome, everyone. Before we dive into our very first official episode, I do want to introduce you to our very first official guest, Holly Heider Chapel. Now, before we get into the interview itself, I do want to give you a um, quick synopsis of her bio. And don't worry, everything will be posted in show notes, so you can actually go and read it all, um, you know, in its extensive version. But um, she's been doing floral design for um, 26 years. She has seven children, and her husband actually now works for the company as well, joined the company as well, and that was in 2011. Now, in 2010, Holly founded Chapel Designers, which I'm pretty sure some of you are part of the, uh, the group, part of uh, some of you um, have heard about it, right? So uh, Chapel Designers is um, an international collective of wedding and event floral designers. Now, the primary goal of that is education, support, and mentoring, right? How wonderful does that sound? Now, Holly um, then um, went on with her husband. They, they bought a farm and created Hope Flower Farm, which I actually had a chance to visit. It is really amazing and remarkable what they've done um, with, with that. Um, and um, Hope for, uh, Flower Farm supports American-grown soil flower movement, which is so important, right? So Holly taught her, she calls Holly's design style, um, all over the world, right? In Russia, Australia, China, England, in Canada. And I'm pretty sure that is just the beginning. So in 2017, she partnered with Syndicate Sales, and they've created... Um, uh, line of products. I'm sure some of you have heard about the Holly egg and a pillow, right? Don't worry, it'll be again in all the show notes so you can actually find all that information. Now, in 2018, she was invited to do a main stage presentation uh, for American Institute of Floral Designers um, at the symposium that took place in D.C. You guys, that's a big deal, you know, especially considering that Holly is not an AIFD designer. However, her contribution to floral industry and her talent is what led her to that place. So that being said, you know, she is celebrating her 32 year of marriage to her husband, Evan. They've raised seven children together, like I mentioned earlier, and they're ranging from ages eight to 30. I think if nothing else, that right there is quite an accomplishment. So, but all of that being said, um, the thing I want to say actually is that this interview was a really special interview. Not not because I personally visited Holly's farm and we all hung out at her little, you know, the, the little cottage farmhouse, which was so cool. Um, this interview actually did happen two weeks after Holly's mom passed away. So when I'm saying this interview was really special, it it, it really was. Um, I have to say, for someone to have so much passion and love in their heart for this industry, for this profession, to be able to power through that and still wanting to do the interview that was scheduled way prior, you know, the current events, still wanted to do that again because she actually cared that much for it, meant the world. Okay. All that being said, 
I'm going to stop talking now and let you listen to the interview with Holly Hyder-Chapel. All right, everyone. Well, here it is. I don't think you need any introduction, but Holly Chapel. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. It's uh, quite an honor to be with you today. It's honor is mine and at your farm. This is so exciting. I know this is the first live podcast I've done where we're actually face-to-face instead of on a phone call. This is going to be way more fun. Yes, I like it. And you guys, it is raining outside, but... Just from the window when I'm looking through, I mean, it's a beautiful space. It really is. It's I mean, a, it's a fun place. It's a very hopeful place. Um, yes. And it's nice to be able to see things coming into bloom. And it's just yep. peaceful up here. I love it. I love it, it so much. And a drive here was beautiful. It's nice to be out in the country, isn't it? It is. I really enjoyed it, actually. I really, really, truly did. But thank you, Holly, for for doing this. So um, I read your professional bio at the top of the show. So, And um, for people who don't know you, which I'll be surprised if some people don't know you, but that being said, for those of you who don't know Holly Chapel, I would suggest for you guys to follow also Scott on the Flower Podcast because I think you've done two interviews with him and I've listened to both of them and the both are fantastic. You'll get to know Holly a little more. But, all right, Holly. And well, also Amy's. Oh, done, that's right. You've done, done Amy's as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Botanical Bruja, right? Right. And actually, there you go. More the merrier. Um, slow Flowers. Deborah. Oh, nice. Yes. Oh. There you go. There you have it. I I love the idea of having flower podcasts because when I first was entertaining there was nothing and now there's so many and I'm so excited about it actually but that being said that's a, a topic for a whole another day right this yes. is something new and special and I love being involved with this thank you thank you so tell us a little bit about you in your own words <laughs> well one of the problems with getting a, a tad bit older is that the story gets longer because more wonderful and amazing things have happened mm-hmm. um so I am a mom. I have seven children, mm-hmm. and um, I've been designing since my second child was born professionally. Right. I started designing when Abby was born so that I could stay home with the children. I grew up in a um, family of landscapers and growers. We had mm-hmm. a garden center. And my father taught me how to design, uh, as a child just growing up, taught me how to make garlands and kissing balls and centerpieces and wreaths. And, you know, these were things that were just a part of my childhood that I did not really know were going to lead me into this profession. So that's how it all began. And at the time, also, it was prior to the internet. God, that sounds incredible. (laughs) So, um... I, my father was being approached all of the time um, Mm -hmm. because he had a garden center. You know, people were asking him if he did wedding flowers. um, And my dad just started referring me. And that's kind of how it began. But before the internet, I didn't know that there was formal training that I could do. Mm -hmm. And I had a sense of um, that I was capable. My father mm-hmm. raised five daughters and all of us were just kind of go-getters. Yeah. And that's how it really began. And my dad took me to Florida Avenue, which is where the wholesalers were, and introduced me to the market. And I started, actually my first contract was something called the Washington International Horse Show. Oh. So 
I literally had a wholesaler and was doing this huge show, Roses for the Winners and Jump, um, big designs that were out on the jumps. Um, because it's an international horse show, there's a lot. Of, mm -hmm. It's a week-long event. I was tending the flowers all week, um, making flower arrangements. My first professional flower arrangements were in a Crown Royal liquor box. Uh, paper cardboard box. box red white and blue arrangements wow and so because I had a wholesaler when people started asking me to do weddings that's really how it began gotcha, gotcha. and then you know it's such a long story really it was quite easy because I had four um, sisters that were younger than me mm -hmm. you know I was very young when I started all of our friends were getting married we had this pool of young brides and that really pretty much led me up until my seventh child. Um, <laughs> when I had my seventh child, I was pregnant with my seventh child, I started blogging. Mm -hmm. And that is really what put us in the mainstream uh, and really broke down the boundaries. Um, right. Because before we were all little tiny islands all by ourselves as far as designers go. And when I started blogging and doing social media, I started meeting designers all over the world, essentially. Right. And that is how so many other facets of my business began. Yeah. So do you have another question? I do. <laughs> I do. So so you've been doing this for a while. You pretty much have made every mistake there is to be made in this industry, I would say, right? Sure. Because you've, sure. you've learned along the way as you've done. You became a household name and quite a trendsetter in the industry, I would say. Um, yeah, definitely an influencer for sure. Um, so looking at an industry that you've been part of for so long and you've seen all of these changes come through, right? I mean, you, you kind of gone through this, going from, like you said, little islands, going into internet phase, then a social media phase that is still here and it's not going away. Right. And I'm curious to see where that's going to turn into eventually. But what are some of the common mistakes that you see that are happening in industry right now? Well, I, I mean, social media is such a, it's such a blessing. It brought so many of us together mm -hmm. and, and it did build so many facets of my company. But I, I think we get carried away um, with followers and, the you know, followers game. are not, oh, oh my gosh, one of one of our chapel designers, um, Nick Priestley from Scotland, mm -hmm. all followers, no dollars. Followers doesn't mean that you're really producing events. Um, it doesn't mean that you really know your industry or your profession. It's pretty True. easy to build up followers. So that's of concern to me. Uh, and the other thing you said, household name. No, I'm not a household name. I mean, really, in the scheme of things, in, we're, we, our profession, is another little island, right? Oh, Normal true. people are not paying attention to, you know, the flower industry. And it's not like, um, you know, maybe they know Preston Bailey. They know Martha Stewart. But normal people probably aren't paying attention to, to floral designers. We're all fixated on it. We are, true. Uh, but industry professionals, um, and not just florists, I mean wedding professionals, do know the name. I think like the chance of being a household name will come from the armatures mm -hmm. and the, the things that we've done out, 
outside of just professionals, wedding professionals, mm-hmm. because that I think is like if I can start to help regular people design and find a love mm-hmm. for floristry, mm-hmm. then maybe we'll get to the household. But <laughs> do you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes, like if we start talking about the profession, um, designers make is, you know, who, who you hang your hat on, who you decide to invest in and spend time with and who you, you know, really want to learn from. Right. Because I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And I agree. One of the, one of the things that, you know, you and I both started talking a little bit about mm-hmm. is you are most incredible um, designers in the industry. Our most knowledgeable teachers may not be big Instagram people. And, yeah. you know, yeah. also choosing who we're going to learn with and study with based on just their their Instagram feed. We may not look at their works and think that that's relatable to our profession. You and I, we have been fondly talking about Gregor Lurch mm-hmm, and Natomi Gilliam. Mm-hmm. You know, years ago, I would have never um, wanted to, to study with them or be with them. And, you know, today, like, they are, I think, two of the most remarkable people in the industry mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. only because of their endless knowledge and talent but just their heart and soul and I still you know I look at their social media and it doesn't relate to what I'm doing you know as a wedding floral designer of course yeah and so for me I just would encourage people to really um kind of open your minds you know take take the lid off and look a, a, above and beyond into other people in this industry and you know seek out true education i have i know you're aifd which is really amazing thank um, you yes i'll be inducted very soon i'm, I'm <laughs> praying that i get to see you, you inducted. few more weeks <laughs> i i think all of that all of these really higher education opportunities mm-hmm. that we have um just because i am self-taught i didn't I didn't purposely forsake that education. I didn't know it existed when I was 22 years old. Um, Right. And so I think, you know, all of that is so, so important Mm -hmm. to get this solid foundation. Go to the people that really know this industry inside and out and learn all facets of it. Um, you know, my specialty would be wedding work for sure. Right. Um, but I think, like, wherever you go, have an open mind and don't go in a door and close it and stay in that room only. You know, kind of learn from a multitude of different people and invest also in learning about social media and marketing and graphic mm-hmm. design and having having a, a, a huge network of knowledge and resources to fall back on as you build your business would be crucial right so that no that's yeah that that that's that's a great advice actually yes absolutely and i could not i could not agree with you more i mean to me it feels like once you learn something this particular style or technique or whatever move on to the next that's right whether it fits in your um brand or not because you never know 
when you're actually going to need to utilize that technique to technique to get you out of a situation i mean that happened to me during a wedding where i'm like wow hang on so you kind of channel in your brain you go back and like wait i know how to get out of this situation I, i know how to do this mechanically to make this whatever that is that I'm working on, make it work. But those are all a lot of tools that you collect along the way as you study. Well, and I think too, I think the people who think they know everything are the ones that are done. Oh, absolutely. You'll never continue to evolve and and you will not be able to change with a profession that is constantly training, changing if you are just staying with the same knowledge. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the other thing too, like I... My work looks nothing like Gregor's and Hitomi's at all, but every single week I'm using, like this last weekend we had a bridal bouquet that mm-hmm. was all Lily of the Valley. That's a very expensive expensive flower, and I don't get to use it a lot. Yes, it is. Yeah. And the first thing I did was call Hitomi, and <laughs> then, you know, I wanted to make sure we were leaving at 9 o'clock in the morning, and the bouquet wasn't going to be used until 5.30. That's a long day for somebody. It, yes, it is. Especially and for Lily of the Valley. Yeah, yes. for Lily of the Valley. That's, that's a lot to ask of that flower. And, you know, I came up with a contraption that was um, something that Gregor had taught me. You know, sealing it in and creating this humidity kind of place mm. for this bouquet to dwell. And, um, you know, I think, like, Every week I go off to do an event, even though my work doesn't look like theirs, it's something that I have learned from them or from a designer who's AIFD who's been in our studio, you know, that kind of thing. Like the more I know, the better, the better I will be as far as executing my clients. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the truth of the matter is you're never going to know everything. And the minute you, like you said, you stop learning, you're, you're done. Funny, you know, we're talking about Tony Robbins. One of the things that he says that I absolutely love, it says, when you're not growing, you're dying. I believe It's that. Just, just it. It's just that simple. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of get into this rabbit hole of like, I made it. This is it. I'm cool. And and they stop learning. I mean, I kind of see that quite a bit happening. It's a very... I, I, as you're talking, I'm looking at you. Know, my face gets all scrunched up. I can't even imagine thinking like that. Me too. Yes. I guess it would also be really boring from the perspective that it's one of the things people ask me how I've lasted so long in the industry is that I want to keep changing Mm -hmm. and mixing it up because if I kept doing the same thing over and over again, I would just be miserable. Yeah. I I couldn't work this hard every single weekend if I – if I was just producing the same thing over and over again, if there yeah. wasn't some benefit, um, and one of those benefits is the the continuation of knowledge, absolutely and growth. That's what makes me keep moving. So yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I mean, the fact that you have so many amazing designers come and teach workshops here, I feel like by just even being in the same room with those people, it's like I feel like every time I actually. I'm in the same room with Hitomi, I become smarter for some reason, I don't know, <laughs> or become a better designer by even by osmosis, by just being there, because that woman never stops educating. She's, I think it is kind of by osmosis. I she mean, never stops educating, even when there's no flowers involved. I mean, even talking to her, it's uplifting. It's just... It's incredible. It, it is. It, it absolutely really is. is. Yes. And we, we have been really blessed. Um, we got the farm 
three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, the end of the end of July will be when I really signed off on it. And Gregor was here three weeks later. And I think really having, I think Gregor's, Gregor walking this land with me and going through the barns and teaching here, I think he really gave me the confidence and the belief that it would be a special place. I mean, he said something to me like, this house is a pearl and this farm is a jewel and I believe it will be one of the best teaching facilities in the world someday and I was just like really this old dairy farm and (laughs) I mean it just it's surreal when I think about the people that have been able to come Mm -hmm. here but it's really it is really special too when you think about it from the perspective of these old dairy farms had no purpose and when there's only one dairy farm left in Loudoun County now really and they were they're really actually super functioning spaces like it's really easy to to drive your vehicle up from one barn to the next drop off flowers Mm -hmm. everything functions and works really well because it was a working farm so it's nice that the history is being protected and that it has a new a new life and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's wonderful that there are places like this to come to where you can actually be on the property with the teacher where they're staying and you know we can go out and harvest together and Mm -hmm. you know the more that we invest in the property the more we grow here um the better the experience becomes. Right. It's really fun to be able to go out and harvest with your teachers or just have product that's that fresh. Yeah. And product that's grown specifically for the students. We, we're not, we're, everything we grow here is for my, my clients mm-hmm. or my students. So it's just very, it's a limited precious commodity, the things that we're growing. So it's been, it's been a blessing. I, I can imagine. Um, I don't really have a green thumb or the greenest thumb, I should say. I try to grow some things, but um, I very much enjoy gardening. Uh, my both grandparents were not gardeners, but growing up, that was their zen space, if you will. After work, they would come home and they would go garden. And every time I was with them, I was in there digging in the dirt with them. I really very much enjoyed it. And there's there's a certain kind of serenity comes from it you know it's just this peace that comes from it and yeah I I cannot imagine I have to I mean Evan is Evan is my husband Evan Mm -hmm. is the one that's really doing the majority of the growing here Mm -hmm. um I am working so hard producing events that I'm missing a lot of that and that's really I really hope for myself next year that I will have more time in the garden this year was out harvesting peonies and Mm -hmm. last year it rained so much it rained every day all day long and poor evan was the one that was harvesting i just left him out in the rain but this year (laughs) it was like so magical and i was out and it was it is a spiritual experience i mean it is incredible yes and I, I really do hope that I can create more time for myself next year. You know, we're going to, um, you wanted me to talk a little bit about the truths of this industry and how hard this work yes. is. Yes. And I guess now's yes. as good a time as any. Yes. Um, 
I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. <laughs> Go um, for it. <laughs> my, my mom passed away two weeks ago. So, I um, I, I cry every single time I speak and we're going to try really hard not to cry too much today. But, um, one of the truths of this profession is that, you know, I have, I have been doing this for 27 years and I have given away so much of my life to this industry. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with those choices that I made. Um, but no one really realizes how much work this is. Our clients don't realize it. And, no, no. you know, new business owners do not realize no. um, everything that we have to give, like every Saturday of our life. Or to not be available to your family when someone is sick and dying or to have to go to an event and work, you know, 24 hours after your mother passed away. Um, the, my mother died on Thursday night in the middle of the night. It was a, like, um, like 1150 at night. I had just finished teaching on Wednesday. So I, I, I got this emergency call on Thursday morning that she had gone to the hospital and I was with her all day long thank god i was able to be with her and then you know she passed away on thursday night and all day friday i was back in the flower shop and on saturday i worked 23 hours straight yeah. we had a 6 uh, 5:30 wake up 6:30 in the shop 7:30 leave the studio 9 o'clock be at the venue because we had a full day installation um finished the job at you know like 6:30 7 o'clock at night went and stalled for a couple of hours before we had to break down the event and we actually didn't get access into the ballroom until 1 30 in the morning and we didn't get oh home until 3 47 so it was like this horrendous day and it was 24 hours after i lost my mother now the blessing is thank god that last day that she was dying i was able to be with her all day because it was a thursday but yeah. had that happened on a saturday i would have not been with her and that is crazy to me. And and yeah. we we minimize how um, how much of ourselves that we give to this profession. And um, I really want to look at that for next year. Like I want to be in the garden more. I want to be with my children more. I I keep doing this because I'm trying to make a living for my family. Mm -hmm. uh, but. It's so hard to charge what we're worth because yeah. there's always someone willing to do it for less. And yep. we as a collective of designers have got to be more careful about, about our pricing, mm -hmm. about valuing every single step of this the farmer who's standing in the field for seven months growing us that perfect stem and then it being shipped you know to the wholesaler and then to the designer and then we spend days putting it together and then installing it like that whole process has to be cherished regarded mm -hmm. worshipped so that we all start charging the right amount because otherwise if we can't make a living we have to make a fair living at this because it's too much of a sacrifice. Uh, every aspect of it, you know, 
I know we all want to do beautiful things. So it was Satomi who taught me this years ago. I, the first and only person I'd ever seen professionally speak was Satomi Gilliam. And at the time I didn't know who she was. It was a Potomac wholesale florist. Yep. Yep. And it was probably 15, 20 years ago. She said something. I'll never forget it. She said, florists are the nicest people. We give presents to people all of the time, but who <laughs> receives a present that doesn't have a bow on it or a card with it? She said, when you get a present, you know it's a present. She said, but you floral designers, you're so nice. If you tuck an extra bloom in there, you're giving all these presents away and no one knows they received it. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Like if yes. we, because we are so addicted to this specimen of hellebore or ranunculus and we have to design with it and we start tucking all that extra away mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. we want our work to look like the art that we know it is supposed to be in our mind yeah and we give that away then we are teaching the consumer that what we do isn't a value i agree and I it's a scary agree. thing and then yep. imagine working when you lost your mother and you made no money I, like, that's terrifying oh my god um well wow there's a lot to unpack there so this right here actually I want everyone, I want to take a minute to, to, to tell everyone how much of a strong of a person you are, actually. This takes, this takes a lot. It is my biggest fear. My mom is across the ocean away. I just, the, the, the thought of it just, just kills me. I, yes. So, a thank you. And... I, yeah, that is, that is, that is hard. It is hard. It's, it's, it's hard. It's because hard when you are the business. It's hard when, when, yeah. Your parents, your spouse, your children are everything to yes. you. And, you know, this profession does not stop. You have to yeah. produce no matter what. Show must you, go on. You cannot yeah. fall in sick. You cannot, you know, skip a beat. And, yeah. yeah these these things that we fear because we know they're going to be horrible are far more horrible than we can possibly imagine and yep. you know in one in one token i guess having the flowers to focus on helped me not deal with it you know i didn't really look at the loss but you know in the last day or so we've had it's been two weeks we've had you know 24 hours where i wasn't still producing 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 and my husband said oh i thought you were getting better and i said no now i'm like in real pain because i'm having to feel this and deal with it the and reality um, sinks in it's it's unreal you know but yeah thank goodness like this profession is for people who truly 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 love people and love yes. flowers because you will give your heart and soul to it. And if you only so, so kind of care about the designs or the people that you're serving, it's not for you. I mean, it really isn't you, the amount that you have to give on so many levels and you know, it, 
the profession just gets more and more complicated and harder because meeting clients expectations because they do because of, again because of social media mm-hmm. they see all of these beautiful designs on social media and they have no idea how much they're going to cost or the value and what they are envisioning they their their goal is so high what they're aiming for mm-hmm. their wedding to look like hey guys i hope you're still with us so what I wanted to say is that we had to break this interview up into two parts. So thank you for listening to part one. Um, so the next episode is ready for you. So just dive right into the part two if you're ready to go or if you want to come back to it, that's okay too. What I wanted to say is that we sat there and talked for hours actually as we are interviewing um, and we didn't even realize that um, memory card was full, <laughs> and we were still continuing um, recording the um, the the interview and and, and the episode. So, um, so which is why it actually ended up being a two part episode for you guys. But um, that being said, I hope you really enjoyed it. Please share, leave us a review, and tune in for the next one.